and welcome to episode number 36 of the Random Thoughts Podcast. That's R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. On today's show, we're going to be talking about forced diversity. This came about because the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue is out, something that's been coming out now for well over 30 years. I go back to about 1986, discovering the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue. I remember in 1986, well, it must have been 1985, because I went out and bought a Sports Illustrated swimsuit calendar, which was for the year 1986. So I was 15 at the time. My mom didn't appreciate it. I think my dad did, but my mom didn't really appreciate it. But I've been a fan of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue for a long, long time. And this year's issue is a little bit different. Sports Illustrated, like everything in the world right now, seems to be wanting to go into a whole new concept of forced diversity. It used to be when you picked up the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, you knew what you were getting. Same thing with like a Playboy magazine. This year in the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, they have definitely taken steps to be very, very diverse. They have three different covers. On the cover of the one that I received is Tyra Banks, who is still very attractive for uh, her age. And I know I'm, as a guy that's 49 years old, saying her age is uh, maybe a little bit rude, but I think it bears mention because that's a part of this diversification that they're going through. We'd usually have models from late teens through early 20s, and it was like pushing the envelope to hit 30. Now they're going into the 30s, 40s, 50s, and I'm soon, I'm pretty sure you're going to have a somebody in the 90s and 80s, you know, in the Sports Illustrated issue. And, and that's okay if the people buying the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue actually want to see that. We will find out. For me personally, not really my bag, which is why we have always had different types of entertainment, different magazines, different catalogs, different things for different people. And that's okay. But what you get when you start getting a forced diversification is you start bastardizing a product and you run the risk that your core audience is going to go away. When an average guy picks up the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue with Tyra Banks on the cover, and she's a little bit of a bigger girl now, and I'm a little bit of a bigger guy. So, I mean, hey, hot kettle, all that whole thing. I get it. But then you open up the issue and the first two pages is an advertisement for a Lane Bryant swimsuit line, which and Lane Bryant, for those who don't know, is a store for the plus size woman. So what we have in the first two pages of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit edition are ads for swimsuits for plus size models, of course, featuring plus size models and there are a few plus size models featured in the swimsuit edition as well we're not just talking you know slightly larger we're kind of talking that you look at these girls and you go whoever you're going out with or whoever you're married to you did really well compared to these girls just saying i mean some people are into the big girls and that's fine but usually there was something else for them and now we're putting them all in one one area and maybe i'm being rude and that's okay if i am feel free to reach out and let me know but sports illustrated didn't stop there they also have a muslim model in a burkini which a burkini 
is basically cover yourself from head to toe and go in the water. Again, I'm sure some people enjoy that, but that's just not my thing. And I don't think it's the thing for most guys that are buying the Sports Illustrated magazine. So why are you throwing this in there? Who are you virtue signaling to? And what do you think this is going to do to your bottom line? I don't understand companies who are in the business of making money doing things that seem completely the opposite of what their core audience would want. And it's certainly not bringing a new audience in. I don't believe for a minute there's the bunch of Muslim guys who are going to tune in to the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue and buy this because there is a girl with a burkini in there. There's also a model, and she's still a very attractive girl who has a skin condition where the pigmentation is lost. So she is a black model, but half her body or so from head to toe is white. And it's just a very strange thing to me, as is including the older models and the models that look like they're like 50 years old. And it just diversity is fine, but you're not going to change biology. You're not going to make the guys who want to look at a girl in a bikini go, hey, you know what? Fat girls are really cute, too. Or, hey, she's wearing a burkini. That's really hot. Or the girl with the skin condition. I don't know what I'm supposed to feel about that. Diversity, when it makes sense, yes. Diversity for the sake of diversity, I think you're just fucking up something that's already worked. This is the same kind of thing I believe that happened with Playboy magazine, who really, I mean, if you are to talk about taking the easiest business plan in the world, find beautiful women, photograph them. That was the, that was the business model. I mean, it wasn't really a hard business model to figure out, uh, but they screwed it up. Playboy, I think, when they went with their first transgender playmate, uh, more than crossed the line for what most guys are looking for. I'm not saying that there isn't a magazine out there for people that want to look at trans guys, but that's not me. And I don't think it's ever the same people that want to look at women. Or at least if there's an overlap, it's probably a pretty small one. So what's happening with all of this force diversification is uh, unnatural. It really is. It doesn't make sense. We're hearing this about this kind of stuff and things all the time from comic books, advertisements, television. And if you've noticed, the world is becoming a much more diverse place almost immediately overnight, even in places where you really never thought that diversity was needed at this particular point. I mean, think about your group of friends. Most people, their group of friends, they are fairly similar to them. And I'm not just talking about race. I'm talking about usually age, talking about things you're interested in, the type of music you like, the type of television you watch, the type of movies you like, the books you read, everything you have a commonality with those people, and that's why you're friends, because you have things to talk about. You have things to discuss. If none of your friends watched all your favorite shows, I don't know if they'd be your best friends. I mean, this is an interesting thing. I mean, you look at the culture today, you know, Game of Thrones, big show. I've never watched it. I have friends who do, I'm sure. Don't really ever talk about it, but you know, most groups have the one guy or girl that. Maybe he's a little bit out there in some of the things that they like. Now, 
Do you force somebody into your group to do something that they don't want to do? So if everybody in your group is watching Game of Thrones and you have no interest in it whatsoever, and they try to force you to do this, are you happy? No. If you're the one guy in the group that loves comic books, but nobody else in your group loves comic books, and every time you see them, you're harping on them that, hey, you should read comic books. It's the greatest thing in the world. Are they going to be your friends in the long term? Because sooner or later, I think you're going to get pretty annoying, and they're going to tell you to sod off because that's not what they're into. Forcing somebody to do something to view something, to experience something that they're not into, probably not a good idea. So why is everything around us at this point seemingly trying to do this? I mean, we could pick on migration. That would be very easy to do. This isn't an episode on migration, but I think it bears mentioning as when I was a kid, migration to the country meant people came in and they tried to assimilate themselves to the culture in the country where they were coming into. And that seems to have changed a little bit now where people seem they want to come into the country, but they want to keep all their old customs and they're not really interested in in what you're doing here. But then why are you coming here in the first place? Because for diversity to work, people have to have a commonality. And if you're not going to have any commonality whatsoever, that's where diversity is going to fail. And you see this in places now in Europe, where the countries are being overrun by a certain group that is changing the culture of the particular areas where they're going in, and people don't like it because that's not their culture. That's not the way they did things. And I'm not sure anybody would like that. And I don't think it makes you racist or a homophobic or Islamophobic or homophobic or anything if all of a sudden the area that you lived in and everything that you knew was one way and that all started to change in a way that you didn't like i mean that's human nature people don't like change people have their own roots and that's not a bad thing but migration for people that don't want to assimilate cause a little bit more of a problem than people that come into an area and then try to follow the new customs i mean people tell you when you travel that's one thing you should do is you follow the local customs it makes sense You don't want to be the asshole. You don't want to offend anybody. You're in their backyard. You're in their home. You don't want to be the person that is like, hey, the things you do are idiotic, stupid. We don't we want to do things in a different way. We know better. You don't want that. But that's what we're seeing a whole lot of today, it seems. Recently, Scarlett Johansson was set to play a trans character in a movie and got a huge amount of backlash because how dare they how dare they choose a woman to play a trans character why don't they get a trans actor and there was a huge backlash about this scarlett johansson left the project and i think the project then died after that because here, here's the funny thing for people up there are no famous trans actors that anybody wants to pay their money to go see at this particular point Scarlett Johansson, on the other hand, is a well-known actress who actually puts asses in seats. But that doesn't matter anymore in the social justice warrior mentality that we have going, because she was daring to be a woman who would dare play a trans character. Only a trans person can play a trans character. And how far do we go with this concept? Because I know there's a lot of people that play 
disabled people on television. They play different roles. You take on different characters. You do different things. Do we go to the point to where you can only choose a certain type of actor or actress based upon something they had no control of in order to choose them for a part? Now, I'm not saying that you should go out of your way to exclude somebody if they fit in that part better. But I also understand that the people making movies are doing so, even if you're trying to push a message, you're doing so to put asses in seats, you're doing so to make money, and Scarlett Johansson's going to put a lot more asses in seats than some random trans person that nobody's ever heard of. And let's look at television. You'll notice that shows these days are a cornucopia of things, and for better or for worse, there's a lot of things being thrown in to television shows now that weren't thrown in before. It seems like every show on TV now, there's going to be at least one or two minority characters, and then there's going to be at least one gay character, and this is just the norm now, no matter what the show is about. Even the stuff on the Disney Channel, which I know had some people up in arms, and where it calls for it, I perfectly understand that. But I was thinking about things because I've been watching a lot of old television lately. And two shows that were two of the biggest shows made over my lifetime were a show called Friends and a show called Seinfeld. And I was thinking about the casts on these two shows and if these shows could actually be made today. I guarantee you. If Friends was made today, one of the guys would be gay, one of the women would be a lesbian, or there would be a trans, one of them would be trans, and there would have to be at least one of them would have to be black or Asian or, you know, Mexican or Colombian. or it, You couldn't have the cast that you had playing Friends or Seinfeld the same way. I mean, I think you'd have to look for these certain things to be shoehorned in. And where it works, where it, where it makes sense, that's absolutely fine. When it works for telling the story, that's fine. When you start forcing an author, a writer, to include certain types of characters just because you need to check a box, I'm pretty sure the end product is not going to be as good as it would have been if the story was just told the way the author or writer meant it to be, which is maybe why television these days is mainly a bunch of total crap that nobody wants to watch. We don't need to be force-fed diversity. We didn't need to be force-fed diversity when Doctor Who, a series that had been around for over, what, 50 years, decided to flip-flop and make the main character go from a man to a woman. I don't think we needed it. We especially didn't need it because the writers that took over went the social justice warrior route. So rather than writing good stories that people wanted to see, they pushed it even further. Hey, we got a woman as Doctor Who. Now let's fuck it up totally. Let's ruin the writing and let's start preaching to people because really people love to be preached to. I mean, I wonder why religion is doing so bad in this country and nobody shows up for Sunday service, but people on TV think we want to be preached to. I don't get it. I think there's maybe a little bit of a disconnect there. I don't have any problem with a show that is totally white. I don't have any problem with a show that's totally black. Blackish, one of my favorite shows. I think it's fantastic writing. 
think it's great character. I mean, I understand there are some peripheral characters that are white. Fresh off the boat, I think it's a pretty damn good comedy. Uh, I don't think we need to throw a, you know, white step kid in, in the show or something, just or, a, you know, a black step kid. We, we can't have all Asians. I mean, this seems we need diversity, diversity. Everything has to be diverse. No, if the story doesn't call for it, don't do it. But where, where, where the story does call for it, by all means. What's interesting to me, though, is that these shows like Friends and Seinfeld are still so popular today, including with the younger generation. If you go back and watch Friends again, you'll notice there's a lot of humor in the show that really wouldn't stand up to today's scrutiny. Yet the kids all seem to love it, so I don't understand that. Maybe we can actually get back to real comedy at some point and understand that, as Steve Martin once said, comedy doesn't have to be pretty. You laugh at things because there is at least a modium of truth to them, and being able to poke fun at ourselves and other people isn't the horrible thing that it's being made out to be at this point. People are slamming things like Seinfeld because of the stuff like the soup Nazi and stuff like that. And like, oh, this is just so horrible. This, who could actually say things or do things like this? They're offensive. I hate to tell the millennials or the people that don't understand a lot of comedy is not supposed to be politically correct. I mean, there's a reason why there are so many jokes that make fun of these stereotypes of varieties of nationalities. People find them funny. Comedy isn't politically correct, and you can't force somebody to think something's funny if they don't think it's funny. People find something to be funny because something in their DNA makes them laugh and makes them smile. And poking fun at things that other people say or do, that's always been a big part of comedy, but now that would be offensive to a lot of people. The fact that millennials are looking back at Seinfeld and saying how horrible the characters were and how they can't believe anybody would have those kinds of thoughts and do those types of things. Well, that was kind of the point. Maybe if you could watch the show and understand it for what it is and see the ending of the show where they all wind up in jail for failing to help a large guy that's getting carjacked at gunpoint. Instead, they watch, they laugh, they make jokes about his size. Kramer videotapes it. This kind of sounds like what millennials would do today, but I guess they think it's horrible behavior. And this is a clear sign, though, I think from the writers of Seinfeld that maybe they didn't think these characters were the finest of all human beings, but that's okay. Some people are offensive. Characters do not have to be perfect people who live in perfect worlds. And if we're going to start stripping the world of comedies like Seinfeld and Friends, then soon we'll be China with our own little social credit scores because you can't even watch something that might be offensive or you'll have to pay the price. But when you start trying to force something again, that's kind of where I have a problem. And I think even in comic books, we saw this. Marvel really took a hit when they started down the social justice warrior path, where they start reimagining characters as different genders and different races. And I always thought it was just a little bit obnoxious, really, to pander to a race to say, hey, we can make Superman black. Well, why can't we just create a new superhero 
that's black to begin with. There's certainly plenty of room to tell plenty of stories about tons of diverse characters. So why are we reimagining existing characters in a different way? It really is pandering, and it's not in a good way, and it's not doing anybody any justice. People don't like it. People aren't buying it because it doesn't ring true. And things that don't ring true, this is where you start losing the eyeballs. This is where you start losing your base. This is where people stop buying your product. Victoria's Secret recently has taken a lot of heat because they refuse to go the route that Sports Illustrated has with their swimsuit issue. The brand's chief marketing officer, Ed Razik, he sparked outrage, this says in an article I found, with his archaic diversity perspective on casting models for the Victoria's Secret fashion show. You know what his archaic diversity perspective was? You shouldn't have a transsexual model in the show. He said, no, I don't think we should because the show is a fantasy. It's a 42-minute entertainment special. So saying that you don't need a chick with a dick in the Victoria's Secret fashion show is now archaic diversity perspective. I mean, no, he knows what people are tuning in for, assholes, and they're not tuning in for chicks with dicks wearing lingerie. Here's the beautiful thing about this country. We're still free. And if you think people will pay to watch chicks with dicks wear lingerie and go up and down the catwalk, you are more than welcome to put that special together. Sell tickets. See if you can get it on TV. You can try. But I don't think the market's there. And the guy from Victoria's Secret doesn't think the market's there. And I applaud him for sticking to his convictions, even though everybody else thinks they should be able to tell him how to run his business. They've also taken some heat for not putting plus size models in their fashion show and in their advertisements and stuff like that. But guess what? That Lane Bryant ad I told you that was in the beginning, the first two pages of the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue with the swimsuit line for the bigger girls. Well, Lane Bryant is a part of the Victoria's Secret. They're all under the same umbrella of brands. So they're sister brands. So they've got this covered. Different brands have different demographics. That's just the way everything is. Not everybody likes the same thing, and certain things go across certain demographics, and that's why marketers choose models that look a certain way in order to attract the people that they believe are going to buy their product. The Victoria's Secret executive said, we attempted to do a television show special for the plus sizes back in 2000. No one had any interest in it still don't. So again, you can't force anything down somebody's throat. If people don't want to watch it, they're not going to. Why was Playboy magazine so successful where there was no magazine for bigger girls that was anywhere near that successful? Why is that? Why is that, do you think? I mean, it's what people buy. It's what people want. You can't force somebody to like something that they don't. You can't change their taste just because you don't think their tastes are sophisticated enough or diverse enough or whatever you think, you don't get a choice. Sorry, people can think on their own and choose what they like and what they don't. I mean, think about music. Most people, if you like Frank Sinatra, maybe you're probably not playing Ted Nugent. I play both, but I'm weird. You know, if you like jazz, there's a really good chance you might not like pop. Or if you like country music, 
there may be a good chance that you don't like rap. Or if you like rap music, there may be a chance you don't like country music. And that's okay. It's okay that you like what you like. There's nothing wrong with that. You don't force people into a box that they don't want to go into. You don't take somebody and go, hey, you listen to uh, you listen to only country music. So here we're now going to sit you down and force you to listen to Snoop Dogg. You don't do it. <laughs> I mean, this is what these people want now in this diversity crusades, but it's not going to work because it doesn't make any sense. You can take a Frank Sinatra fan and, and sit him at a Snoop Dogg concert, but you're not going to make them like the music. One thing that I do find ironic, however, if you want to look at this in a political way, is that the people that are pushing this, that are forcing these diversity initiatives with all the different characters on TV and movies and comic books and all of that, the people pushing this are those that would align themselves without a doubt with the left. They're very liberal people. They're the same people that are trying to get rid of the electoral college method that we use to elect the president here in the United States. The funny thing is the electoral college was put into place partially because we are such a diverse country. They didn't want any one group to have control over the situation. They wanted to make sure that the rural areas were given a voice they wanted to make sure that the more heavily populated areas weren't allowed to make decisions for everybody so those on the left that are pushing for diversity in your television shows and in your advertising and in your lingerie catalogs and in your sports illustrated swimsuit issue they want diversity to a point but when diversity now comes to the fact that there are a lot of people in this country who don't live in cities who are conservative well they're not really big fans of diversity any longer so that's usually when you can tell somebody's full of shit if they're just for something when it fits their narrative when it fits their viewpoints when it fits what they want to do but then you point out something like hey well true diversity is people live out in the country and they like to hunt with their guns and they want to vote conservative. And you're like, ah, how dare we have these people? And what we're seeing now with the abortion topic, which isn't, this isn't a podcast about that, but I think it's interesting that we first had states like New York who decided they wanted to push the envelope to very, very, very late term abortions. And that was okay. People stood up and cheered in New York. Yay, we can kill babies. But then you have other states now who are looking to severely limit abortions six weeks and longer. And now all of a sudden they're horrible, horrible people. Well, you know what? This is part of diversity, people. Having different viewpoints is part of diversity. And I don't think these states start pushing these ultra conservative laws if it weren't for these other states who pushed these ultra liberal laws. There's a yin and a yang. There's a balancing act. Getting everybody to work together and to agree on one thing is nearly impossible, but that's why we have systems in place that allow everybody to have a voice. You can't have it both ways. You can't push a liberal agenda down people's throats with everything they watch on TV, every movie they go to, and everything that they're reading, and then expect that they won't push back. It's part of what makes our country great. 
where it'll end, I don't know, but it's good to see that the other side is starting to fight back just a little bit with this kind of stuff. I hope you like what you've been hearing here on the Random Thoughts podcast. I've definitely been having a whole lot of fun making them and bringing them to you. Have gotten a lot of great feedback, and it really means a lot to me that one, you're listening, two, you're willing to uh, tell me you like the show, three, give comments. And for those that want to do a little bit more than that, there is a value for value donate button on our website at randomthoughts.com, R A N D U M B thoughts.com, where you can click on that and you can throw a donation our way if you want to help us keep the lights on by cool audio gear so we can keep making the show sound as good as we possibly can you can reach out to us via email at random thoughts podcast r-a-n-d-u-m-b thoughts podcast at gmail.com you can follow us on twitter at random r-a-n-d-u-m-b podcast my personal twitter is darren o'neill at d-a-r-r-e-n-o-n-e-i-l-l i would love to hear from you If you can, click that little subscribe button for the show. That would mean a lot to me. And if you're looking for some other cool podcasts to brighten your days, be sure to check out the podcast I've been doing with Ryan Bemrose called Grumpy Old Benz. You can find that at grumpyoldbenz.com. And you can find a whole slew of good podcasts on the No Agenda Stream, noagendastream.com, including The Mark and George Show, Nick the Rat, Hog Story, That Larry Show, DH Unplugged, the heavy metal historian, and of course, the best podcast in the universe, The No Agenda Show. The Podfather, Adam Curry, is getting married this weekend, so we all raise a glass to him and wish him and Tina the Keeper the very best on their journey. And until next time, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.